I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Today, I have the privilege of sitting with Sterling Harris of the Sterling Harris Ministries. Sterling Harris is a former NFL player, and his life was radically changed as he encountered Christ. So rather than I read from his bio, I would now invite Sterling into the room to share his sacred story with our listening audience. So Sterling, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your faith journey? Reverend Jay, thank you so much for having me on uh, this podcast. It's an honor, sir. Uh, I love people sharing their shared experiences because I always say you can argue with the scripture, but you cannot argue with a changed life. And uh, I, I definitely have one of those. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So uh, a little bit about me, Reverend Jay, I, I really... Today, I'm a man who loves Jesus, is on fire for him and led by the Holy Spirit and and just compelled by the love of God the Father and the love he has for us. And that's through an experiential heart level knowledge of God over the last couple decades of my life. But it didn't start out like that. Uh, It started out, I had a spiritual encounter with God at 12 years old where I just prayed to him and said, look, there's a lot of people around me giving my life to you, but I want to know that I know that you're real and that you want a personal relationship with me. Just a little 12 year old kid throwing up this prayer with no context of what would happen. And the next morning I woke up with a feeling of peace and serenity that I'd never had in my life, which I now know was the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. I didn't see God walk in the room. I didn't hear a booming voice, but I knew that what I was sensing and feeling in my heart was God's yes to both my questions. Yes, I'm real. Yes, I want a personal relationship with you and I love you. Based on that, I gave my life to Jesus and got baptized and saved and was born again. At that time, I really found religion though and religious duty. Uh, the you know the the thing that I saw modeled was Christianity as church attendance. While the church is good, I preach at churches. I'm an itinerant speaker. I love church. I love the body of Christ. At the same time, ninety percent of your relationship with Jesus should be a two way dialogue and an intimate daily connection and a relational connection with Him, because that's what Jesus modeled. And if we're going to model any model. We need a model that the model that Jesus had, right? So, I modeled the church attendance model, and 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 having church fill you up, which it cannot. There's a void in your heart only God can fill, and that religious duty led to a lot of condemnation, guilt, and frustration. And then I found all these stimuluses in the world being a football player and being uh, good academically and so there was all these other things that took over my life because when you when you have this need to want to please God but you feel like you keep falling short there's a frustration there when there's no two-way dialogue or a reciprocal of what you're giving out and I just thought that that's the way it was I didn't know that you could have an intimate relationship with God where you knew him and you sense his activity and you heard his voice. I didn't know that was available. And God bless the people that I grew up around, my parents included. They were just walking the light they had 
but th- thank God there's more. Amen. And so that that took me on a journey which lasted maybe oh my goodness, really a decade, uh, 10 years. It took me on a, a journey of just like trying to figure out the, the world in general. And, you know, my, my testimony is I've tried it all. I've been in the party scene. I've done, you know, as I've, li- I've partied with billionaires and, and, you know, made a, a pretty good amount of money myself and been involved in the philanthropic things and serving in my church and all those different things. And, and I could tell you the world, business success, you know, all these different things, it all leads to the same place, which is a lack of fulfillment and peace in your life. The philanthropic thing is a little bit better, but it's also more frustrating because when I came out of a lot of the things of the world, a lot of partying and, and different things like that, and just basing my my value on the success I had in business, which still brought me no fulfillment even though I had some success. When I got into serving in my church and doing all these things, motivational speaking, helping kids, mentorship, after the event was over, I still had the same unfulfillment in my heart because your, your heart is built for an intimate connection with God. Mm-hmm. And if you don't intimately connect with Him, on a daily basis, then that void in your heart will continue to be there. And there led me to a divine frustration, like, God, there's got to be more. And I knew there was more, but I didn't know how to get to it. So I just just started doing what I knew how to do, which was, you know, go to church more and, and try to connect with God. But really, it wasn't until I just got very, very frustrated and said, God, you know what? I feel like you're calling me into this relationship with you. But let me ask you a question, God, and I asked him this, and and I really thought I was going to stop God, right? I said, how can I have a relationship with a God that I can't see? And I just paused for a second, and I got this flowing thought, follow me and I'll show you. And I saw this block lettering in my mind. And now I realized that was actually God's active voice. He was communicating with me through we, we. there's like three categories that Jesus modeled. Jesus said, I can only do what I see the father doing. He was talking about an internal communication with the father, that God was showing mental pictures, images, literal or figurative that would give him guidance. And that would come with what we call an internal, like an internal audible voice, mm-hmm. which is the, it sounds like the voice of your own conscience, but it comes with a flow and a peace and a wisdom to it. That's not your own. The Bible refers to it as a as a still small voice, mm-hmm. and, and Jesus said, "I can only say what I hear the Father saying." What was he talking about? He was talking about the internal communication. And the third category was the when Jesus Jesus was moved by compassion, he perceived in his spirit. It's the kinetic feeling of peace, lack of peace, the goosebumps, that that gut feeling that people have gotten their lives that that either was guiding them to do something or not do something, the voice in the back of your mind, everybody's ad, those are actually, I submit to most people, God's been speaking to you your whole life. The problem is with me, I didn't have the language, context, and practical examples and definitions to partner and recognize his activity. So our ministry is really, and my life is focused on 
helping other people and equipping other people to recognize as God is speaking to you throughout the day, because God is in this continual conversation. Even the book of Romans says that the sky itself, the, the stars in the sky, the sun, the nature, it proclaims God's glory. So no person with that, is without excuse of at least asking the question, is there a God? Mm-hmm. And and of course we know we know the question the answer is yes there is and and uh, his name is Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know you um you um one of the gifts that you had at a young age was the ability the freedom enough even though you were um, let's say swallowed up by church protocol and and activity um, one of the gifts that you had which was God given was the ability to the freedom to go to God in prayer and, and ask that question that you asked. And, um, you know, often people um, stay away from this prayer space or stay away from viewing it as a, a two-way dialogue because they're kind of taught to um, speak to God and never hear from God. They don't see it as a conversation that can happen, a two-way conversation. They, they got the talking part and the crying part and and asking for things, but very rarely are we um, taught to expect to hear from God and to recognize the voice of God um, with greater clarity. So you started out at a young age with the with the freedom to be able to talk to God, and that was a good thing. Yeah, I would say that 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 was the case. I also had no context to 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 receive from God, and I guess. I, I, at 12 years old, I knew that God was speaking to me the next morning, and I used to look for signs and circumstances, but I would never use the language God spoke to me because it just wasn't something I saw modeled. And mm-hmm. for lack of, for for better or for worse, we often act out and model what we see modeled. And if you model a model that's ineffective, you will get ineffective results. And, and that's kind of what happened to me. And that's what happens to so many well-meaning god-loving christian people is they're not walking in the light of what jesus modeled which was a two-way dialogue with the father jesus did come to die for our sins on the cross but he came to do that for relational connection that's what he was fighting to get back is for us to, to have the holy spirit back within us like adam and eve had in the garden they had that intimate daily connection with the Holy Spirit and spoke to God and and walked in the cool of the day with him, as the Bible says. So that's what Jesus came to die for, is to get that relational connection back. Mm-hmm. And the problem is with so many people is they're they're not getting in their lives what Jesus died for. Mm-hmm. And that was my problem for so many years. And I and I frankly I just didn't know it was available. And it was out of divine frustration after making many, many, many mistakes mm-hmm. and banging my head against a lot of proverbial walls that I said, you know what, I'm just going to act like I know nothing because I don't know anything. And I'm just going, it was the athlete in me knew that if you want to get desired results, you have to you have to develop some fundamentals. Like in football, there's hand placement, foot placement, head placement, all these different things. And in the people that you see in anything that they do, they're the masters at fundamentals that they've had success in life. Mm-hmm. They're able to be good at the fundamentals and duplicate that 
in different arenas of their lives. So I knew this, so I just started writing down what God's voice sounded like, what I thought it sounded like, mm -hmm. what it felt like when I got like a mental image, um, what it felt like when I got a gut feeling, what it felt like when I heard the voice of my own conscience, the voice of the enemy, and then what I felt like that was the voice of God. And I began to see that there was these patterns emerge as I began to have to write down and describe practically what these things felt like and and how it came to me. I began to see these patterns and then I began to hone in on these patterns and, and I began to be get better and better and more effective of in discerning what voice was what and I began to teach it and the same people I was teaching began to get the same kind of results I was. So I knew I was onto something and then that led me into a whole lifestyle of hearing God's voice and equipping people to do so that led to the book and to really the ministry that we have is all about helping people come out of religious duty and into relationship with God because God didn't come for us to be religious. He came for us to be relationally connected with him and out of who we are and who we're connected to, then we do. We do out of who we are and we're not who we're not what we do. We're really who we serve and who we know. And the more better you know Jesus, the more you can become like him. You know, um, <clears throat> this idea of a two-way conversation with God and, and how we are probably introduced to prayer in a way that doesn't include the hearing from God. Um, you know, if you think about a relationship, you use the word relationship a lot. If you think about a relationship, I've been married for 45 years. And how would that 45 years have gone if I never spoke to my wife? Um, it just doesn't work like that. And, or if I never heard from her. So the two-way conversation is a wonderful thing. I um, is a critical aspect of our relationship with God. I was with a student um, uh, a few days ago in a, in a, in a talking session, and, 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 and he was sharing out of his lived experience what was going on in his life, and it was a bit troubling. And, and I brought him to a place where I asked him, there was an empty chair in the room, and I said, well, you know, what if... Jesus was sitting in that chair, what would you ask of him to do? And he shared what he would tell Jesus and ask Jesus to do. And, and then I asked him another question, can you imagine what Jesus would have said to you in response? And at that point, um, you know, now I've placed him with Jesus to talk and to, to, to express himself and to hear back from God. And some pretty wonderful things happened in that moment. So um, I think your, um, one of your list of your speaking topics that you've already gone into is how to hear God's voice with greater clarity. Now, I know that we, we often look to the biblical text to hear, um, to hear from God, but you are suggesting that there are other ways beyond the biblical text that we can hear from God. Yeah, and I think you go back to the biblical text, and that, that's that's the like, how do you know it's God's voice? The the number one thing that we teach people first off is whatever you hear from God's what we term active voice, what God is actively saying right now through the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, because Jesus said it's going to be better that I go because I'm going to send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. He's going to take what's mine and he's going to declare it to you. Declare denotes some kind of two-way communication. And, and communication with you. 
And so you go back to the text of what the text says, but you also say, if I'm hearing from God, it has to match the Bible because God is not going to tell you or anyone anything contrary to the word of God. So the word of God has to be your foundation in what you, how you're hearing God. Because if you don't know what God said, it's hard to know what he's saying. So, so I, I would say that, that the most important thing when you're realizing, okay, what is God saying to me? Understand that a lot of it is going to be internal communication. And people don't really get that at first. They think that in the Bible, when you read it, it sounds like that God is speaking audibly in their audible ear. But if you really look at the Old and the New Testament, there's so many times where the people around that were, they were hearing God weren't hearing what the person was hearing. And a lot of times we don't know, it doesn't actually tell us if the person was hearing internally or externally. But I think a lot of people just assume that it was an external communication when when really it was probably internal. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, logically, think about it like this. We're made in the image of God. Who is the person that you talk to the most? The answer is yourself. Internal communication by volume is the greatest communication by volume that you have on a daily basis is the communication you have internally with yourself. So wouldn't it make sense for God also to communicate with you internally? Mm-hmm. And that's and when people start realizing they're like, well, that does make logical sense. And then they can put away their their mis misinformation or their they're just assumptions about what God's voice is going to sound like and start realizing that God's voice is much more subtle. It's the voice at the back of your mind. It's the, it's the gut feeling. It's the peace or lack of peace that you have. I tell people just, if you would just start becoming more internally aware of what's going on in your spirit, because we, we are a spirit being we're housed in a body and we have a mind, will and emotions. And when you begin to say, okay, do I have peace about that? Do you have a lack of peace about that? Okay, and then and then that starts a conversation about okay, God, what are you saying? And, and open ended open ended questions is really how I like to teach people how to engage the Holy Spirit in conversation. Because you ask yes or no questions, it doesn't really build intimacy. Mm-hmm. But if you say, God, what are you saying about this sensation, this feeling, or this situation that I'm facing, then you can then you open up to hear from God in many different ways instead of like should i do this yes or no well you're always going to be 50 50 and you're really and it's really you're really not building relational connection which is really what god is after mm-hmm. so a lot of times there would be times even in my business i would say okay god what are you saying about this business decision that i should make and sometimes i don't have peace about the decision that i think is is a god-like decision as a like there's one time that i got a a raise on a project that I was doing. And I was thinking, hey, give my employees an 80% raise in this situation and keep 20 for myself, for our business. And I had didn't have peace about it. And I was like, man, okay, God, why don't I don't feel peace about this? And I saw in my mind, I saw a hundred emojis, like the red hundred emojis you see on your phone. And the thought impression I got was give them a hundred percent. Like give my, give, the contractors that are working for me, 100% of a pay increase. Long story short, I gave them two pay increases of 100% uh, within less than two weeks. 
And I told them why I was giving them 100% explained to them my creative process. Because again, my, my goal is to help people do this and practice this for themselves on a daily basis. And I said, and I tell them, hey, this is what I saw in my mind. This is what I felt in my heart. And then once I started doing it, I had peace about giving you guys this, this pay increase, even though from a business standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, I go, I go on, which was supposed to be like a three to four week project, ended up being a three month project. And my, the guys that were working for me were so energized that I'd given them this pay increase and, and explained to them that, you know, it was a God thing that they worked so well for us that, that the people that I was contracting with my, my client kept this on and has kept this on for the last several years in what I for went that was probably, you know, thousands of dollars, um, have, have led to tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue, uh, over the last several years. And again, I did the, made that decision based on God's voice. And I do that, whether it's, how do I respond to my wife? How do I respond to my kids? You know, I let the Holy Spirit be my God. There's sometimes that I say things to my kids that is the right thing, but I'll feel, I'll feel unwrestled out of my heart. And I'll say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And I'll get in the thought in my mind, you could have been softer about that. You know, and, then I, and then sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll see the word repent in my mind. I'll know, you know, daddy needs to apologize and clean up his mess and, and say, you know what, this was right, kids. At the same time, daddy didn't go about it the right way, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I've been practicing and modeling repentance in front of my kids to them and with my wife ever since they were they were born. Mm-hmm. I remember the first week I had my daughter, I didn't really know how to change a diaper very well, and I was apologizing to her that daddy uh, daddy didn't know how to do this, son, but I'm trying to get better. What was I doing? I was just set, paving the way for a lifestyle and modeling a lifestyle of repentance. And I've repented to my, my four-year-old and my two-year-old more times than I can count in their short little lives. Again, what am I doing? I'm, I'm modeling emotional, spiritual intelligence to them and what it looks like to have a heart tender towards the Holy Spirit. And I explained to them you know, why we got to clean up our messes and why we have to why we have to clean up our messes emotionally and physically and spiritually and what it means to repent and to apologize. And now they do that very readily. I mean, two year old, a four year old, not, not, not as far as much as they should, but, but we're all, we're all work in progress. Right. But the sure. whole thing is modeling a kingdom lifestyle for those closest to you. Mm-hmm. And, and because people always say, if you want to know how somebody really is, ask their kids or their spouse. Right, right, right. And, and, and that's the problem with the church is I, I, there are so many people that I have met that were atheists, Wicca, New Age, left the church, all these things. And, and what happened most of the time is they had church attendance and their parents had church attendance and a Christian confession but th- their parents didn't know how to practically walk in love and repentance. And they saw them on church, at church one way on Sunday and then live differently, whether it was hardness of heart or not being emotionally available. It didn't have to be something extreme. It was a lot of these things that people leave the church over and, and say, you know what, I don't want that. That's God over is something that's very subtle, like, you know, a dad being a workaholic and not being able to connect with his kids when he comes home mm-hmm. or, you know, a mom living in anxiousness, anxiety, 
and and being short or crass with her with her children, even though she's doing the best she can, but she's not she's not living that daily lifestyle of repentance and keeping her heart tender from the Holy Spirit. A lot of times that people are letting things bottle up and it's coming off in a way that's not Jesus. Amen. So so let me ask you this now. Um Let's say I told you that in our in our conversation before we got on before we went live that I'm a university chaplain, right? So I get to meet students, um, and my question is this: if if there were students listening, and they find themselves in a place of you know having been dragged to church their whole life, and not being not feeling as though what they've been modeled towards is not authentic, right? And, and, and it leads them to being in a space where now they're willing to investigate and explore all the other things that life has to offer. Um, what, what can we say to them? Because a lot of them across the country are not going to church, not even reading their Bible and falling away from, from any orga- sense of organized religion, which, which you know may be good, but there's also some... Um, things to criticize about that. What would be your word, uh, wise counsel for them who are in, who are stuck in between um, abandoning their faith tradition completely and, and um, just, you know, just living life on their own terms? I would say at first is acknowledge about what you experienced wasn't the authentic Jesus. And then also acknowledge that are you basing your assumptions on God? Are you basing that on broken people with a Christian confession? Are you basing that on circumstances that happen in the world that you're attributing to God that that God actually didn't cause to happen or God wanted the actual opposite? It's contrary to his character. Because most people that are in this kind of divine frustration um, cycle have either experienced someone or, or circumstances in their life that are contrary to really who God is, is, who his character is, and they've, they've put that up as an idol in their life and said, that's God. That It may be a, a preacher, it may be their parents, it may be a life circumstance that they don't really understand. Maybe they had a really hard childhood or they had some things that happened to them that were super hard and super traumatic and they thought and they were sold the bill of goods that you know god caused that to happen for his glory well really we live the answer is we live in a fallen world and people have a free moral agent to make choices for good or for evil and because of that free will choice that good people innocent people get hurt sometimes in really really severe ways and that's not god's will for their lives that god is actually his will is contrary to that at the same time, God will try not for that not to happen to them, but people ultimately have a free will choice, and sometimes their free will choice can lead to traumatic experiences for other people. So I would tell them, acknowledge that what you experienced was not the authentic Jesus, and then two, ask yourself a question, because if you ask empowering questions, you'll get empowering answers. Am I basing my view of organized religion and who God is based on lived experiences that don't match up with God's character. Mm-hmm. Am I, do, am I doing that? 
and then ask yourself, well, what did Jesus model? Who was he really? And begin to get in the Gospels and realize, start realizing who Jesus was and, and what God's love means and, and really get a good understanding of, of how much God loves you and begin to engage God in two-way conversations and give him space to speak to you. And I often tell people, you know, I encourage them to journal or talk to text on their phone and just ask God, okay, God, what are you saying about this lived experience that I had that, that I feel like what you had a hand in? And there's so many times that God will show people like clips of their lives and thought impressions and different things like that, that will, that will challenge the overall view they have of that situation. And a lot of times they'll realize that, you know, that wasn't, God wasn't in that. That was somebody using their free will choice in a very in a very negative way that wasn't God directed or God led or God ordained. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like wise counsel to me. Sterling, um, where can people find you on social media? They can find us at Sterling Harris Ministries. Um, it's we're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. YouTube. We also have a website, sterlingharris.org. We have a book called How to Hear God, Ten Ways God Speaks. Uh, we're releasing a book uh, later this year, first part of next year, called How to Master Your Mind Made Simple. And it's basically a three-step strategy on how to manage your mind and emotions and come out of anxiety, depression, fear, and worry, and begin to actually use those things that everybody experiences um, as a springboard to intimacy and actually a mode to bless your life instead of just accepting the fear, anxiety, and depression and having it drag you down. Mm-hmm. Is, so is the, the, book, the thing that's trying to drag you down will propel you. Is the book that's out already, is it available on Amazon or? Yeah, so the book that's out is How to Hear God, Ten Ways God Speaks. We have a book and a workbook. It's available on Amazon, Kindle. It's available on all platforms that, that books are sold, uh, including you know, barnesandnoble.com, all those different places. And then we have an audio book as well that's available on Google Play or, or Audible. Uh, I, I narrate the book as well. And so we have a lot of different resources uh, that are either are either online or coming, on, are coming online um, it, within the next um, six to 12 months that are re- really our whole goal is to give people very practical rubber meets, meets the road knowledge they can apply because revelation with no practical application really does no one no good. Amen. 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 Unfortunately, sometimes we organized religion can be a place um, that does absolutely no good. Sometimes it does more harm to people than good. And that's unfortunate, but it's the reality of the situation. And it's good to hear a voice that encourages us to think um, a little bit more critically with our relationship with God. Um, Sterling Harris, it has been wonderful. Um, I've got to probably get back with you and talk about doing something in the future. I want to thank you for coming on, um, coming into the room. Reverend, thank you. And um, you've been listening to Faith Talk. My guest has been Sterling Harris of the Sterling Harris Ministries. Um, I would encourage you to visit his website as he uh, gave you the instructions and, the, and get the available books, that, that one that's out and one that's coming out. Um, 
please visit my website, www.revenjstuartglover.com, where you can sign up as a, to receive the uh, mailing list. You can register as a guest on, on an upcoming episode, and you can reach me directly. So, Sterling, thanks again for coming in, and God bless you. We'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs>